Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Season 4の準備をしなさい Preparati per la stagione 4. Preparate para la temporada 4. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn with Taj and Chels, season four, episode fifteen. Shea butter and popcorn is the podcast where your neighborly film fanatics review our favorite films and shows. My name is Chelsea, aka Chels, singer, actor, blogger, podcaster, and all-around movie lover. My name is Tajiana, also known as Taj, actor, filmmaker, lover of Black stories, Black narratives, Black everything. Welcome or welcome back. This week, I am so excited. We're talking about old Hollywood. Yes, the blueprint. Right? (laughs) Seriously, though, old Hollywood is a celebration of times past, collection of classic films that had lasting themes you know like Taj said they're the blueprint of cinema today we have films like Splendor in the Grass, East of Eden, Come Back Little Shiva, the word old Hollywood itself it makes me think of Vivian Lee, James Dean, Betty Davis, Audrey Hepburn, Katherine Hepburn, Dorothy Dandridge, Elizabeth Taylor and Grace Kelly just to name a few. I'm super super excited to get in to this topic, we're also going to have some fun facts, you know, because sometimes you'd be like, old Hollywood, ooh, I don't know, this is my, this ain't my episode this week. They talk about, you know, movies from the... It's going to be boring. It's going to be the no, you're going to get educated, period. We're going to have so fun. <laughs> yes, yes, we're going to make it fun. Don't worry. First up is It Happened One Night, 1934, directed by Frank Capra. This film has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and 90% by Google users, actually enjoyed it. It made $2.5 million at the box office, which is excellent against a $325,000 budget. And you got to remember, for 1934, $2.5 million is a huge, huge chunk of change. So you have Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert, who were very big for their time. According to mentalfloss.com, Clark Gable had a full mouth, <laughs> speaking of mental floss, a full mouth of dentures by 32 because of a gum infection. You know, back then, we didn't really have forward-thinking modern medicine, you know, it was kind of up in the air. But he was also a clean freak. And in the film, it happened one night, he takes off his shirt and had nothing on underneath, which made the demand um, drop for undershirts. So people stopped wearing them. You know, he was like being a style uh, uh, renaissance man and his style evolution, I guess. He also almost boycotted the premiere of Gone with the Wind because his close, close friend, Hattie McDaniel, the legend, could not attend because of the race relations and how things were at that time. Very interesting to find that out. Claudette, on the other hand, was known for being a huge diva, just like Betty Davis, although Claudette did not want to be an actor and she tried to quit several times despite her success. She always wanted to stop, which I thought was so interesting, you know. But back to the film, and Frank Capra's acclaimed romantic comedy, you have the spoiled heiress Ellie Andrews, played by Claudette Colbert, impetuously marries the scheming King Wesley, leading her tycoon father, played by Walter Connolly, to spirit her away on his yacht. After jumping ship, she falls in love with a cynical newspaper reporter, Peter Warren, played by Clark Gable, who offers to help her reunite with her new husband in exchange for an exclusive story. 
But during their travels, the reporter finds himself falling for the feisty young heiress. So, have you seen this story before? Yes, you have. But this is like the blueprint. The whole, you know, could it be more uh, opposite, but opposites attract, but fall in love and like kind of hate each other at first. Filming began in a tense atmosphere as Gable and Colbert were dissatisfied with the quality of the script, both of them. However, the director understood their dissatisfaction and let the screenwriter Robert Riskin rewrite the script. Colbert, however, continued to show her displeasure on set. You know, she balked at the thought of her having to pull up her skirt to entice a passing driver to provide a ride in that iconic scene and complained that it was unladylike for the time. Um, she also claimed that she did the worst film of her career and was labeled difficult um, there and after. Although after the film's release, it racked up at the 1935 Academy Awards. It won for Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, Best Adaptation, and Outstanding Production. Even though she claimed that it was the worst film of her career, she won Best Actress. I was like, wow, okay, very interesting. That's that one. Next up. I love this film, All About Eve, 1950, directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz, available to rent on Amazon Prime. So with a 99% of rating on Rotten Tomatoes and 87% of Google users enjoying it, this is a timeless classic. It made $8.4 million on a budget of $1.4 million. According to Mental Floss, Davis was born Ruth Elizabeth Davis in Lowell, Massachusetts on April 5th, 1908, and was nicknamed Betty from early childhood. When she was older, she changed her first name to Bet as an homage to Andre de Balzac's novel La Cousin Betty. She was cast in All About Eve at the last minute, and she had this Epic. Oh my gosh. Everyone, tale as old as time. Everyone remembers this. The rivalry between Davis and Joan Crawford was made uh, one of the most famous feuds in Hollywood history. And it was the theme or the subject of the 2017 FX series Feud. And while filming Whatever Happened to Baby Jane in 1962, Davis had a Coke machine installed on set as a dig at her co star Crawford, who was the widow of Pepsi CEO. So she installed that machine after Joan's husband died. Just like they were like vicious. Crawford used more subtle tricks to get back at Davis before shooting a scene where Davis had to drag her across the ground. Crawford reportedly put on a lead line belt to make it that much harder on Davis, who had a bad back. So it's just like they were just diabolical. It was so crazy. And, you know, you're talking about old golden age of Hollywood, like old Hollywood, and they're acting like this. But back to the film. So... A backstage story revolving around an aspiring actress, Eve Harrington, whose tattered and forlorn Eve, played by Ann Baxter, shows up in the dressing room of a Broadway megastar, Margot Channing, played by Betty Davis, telling a melancholy life story to Margot and her friends. Margot takes Eve under her wing. It appears that Eve is conniving, calculated, and uses Margot. This film is so important has a very strong message that still stands, you know, like be careful who you let in, careful who your friends are, things like that. It got 12 Academy Award nominations and won six at the 1951 Academy Awards. Best Sound Recording, Best Costume Design, Best Screenplay, Best Supporting Actor, Best Director, and Best Picture. I'm like, okay, come through all about Eve. I still love this movie. Sometimes I catch it on TCM. Last up this week is People Will Talk Up. People will talk, y'all. I love this movie. 
1951, also directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz. Joseph was, come through Joseph, he was very talented. I loved All About Even, like people will talk, excellent. Available to rent on Amazon Prime. This film made $2.1 million at the box office. It holds 100% in Rotten Tomatoes. Phew, really high, with 88% of Google users enjoying this film. And also, when you just mention Cary Grant, you know, when you talk Cary Grant, you know, North by Northwest, and a fair to remember, that touch of mink are like my favorite with Grant. He's an old Hollywood giant. Like, everyone knows they're like, their ears perk up. Ooh, what? Cary Grant. Oh, yes. According to mentalfloss.com, he was born Archibald Alexander Leach. Very interesting. And he's English, but became a U.S. citizen at age 38. Yes, most of his films that I know him from, he doesn't have his English accent. But uh, yeah, he became a U.S. citizen at 38. He even um, turned down the chance to be James Bond. Uh, very interesting stuff here. Of course, James Bond like is like an English staple. We have James Bond. We have Ethan Hunt, Mission Impossible. So back to the film. The unorthodox methods of Midwestern physician and lecturer Noah Pretorius, played by Cary Grant, makes him popular with students and patients, but ruffle the pride of Professor Rodney Ewell, played by Hum Cronin, when student Deborah Higgins, played by Jean Crane, faints in Noah's class and confides that she's pregnant and unmarried. What? It's 1951. How are you going to be pregnant and unmarried? Oh, my God. Girl, what's wrong with you? Noah takes an interest in her. Eager to ruin Noah, Ewell uses the doctor's connection to Deborah and to a mysterious and shady friend to bring charges of unsuitability against him and, you know, tarnish him. Think, you know, uh, the whole red A, scarlet letter thing, you know, but poor man. Anyway, this is such a great movie, you know, because he falls for her. He takes a liking to her. He's like, it's fine. I don't care. You know, she's pregnant. She's unmarried. And her whole thing is, you know, people will talk. So good. <laughs> Classic. Those are my picks for this week. Taj, you let them know what yours are. Those are so good. I am so excited because we, I feel like, talk a lot about the blueprint or like the, yeah, the pioneers of cinema. And like, we've mentioned a few of these, um, or I think all of these at some point, um, you know, over our journey together. I definitely want to circle back around <laughs> to the wizard of oz franchise <laughs> i think that the wizard of oz is so um it's so revolutionary um coming out in 39 um is actually like i feel like it came at a perfect time to where you have this sort of fantasy musical that can appeal to a wide audience um it also very high up on the Rotten Tomatoes meter, of course. It has 98% and 86% of Google users liked it. The Google users were a little salty, but it's okay. <laughs> um, but you guys can watch on Hulu if you've never watched it before. But just really briefly, as you all know, when a tornado rips through Kansas, Dorothy and her dog Toto are whisked away in their house to the magical land of Oz. They follow the yellow brick road uh, toward the Emerald City. To meet the wizard, and in Roots, they meet a scarecrow that needs a brain, a tin man missing a heart, and a cowardly lion who wants courage. The wizard asks the group to bring him the broom of the Wicked Witch of the West to earn his help. Um, this uh, was directed by Victor Fleming. And um, as you all know, um, The Wizard of Oz is actually um, based on the children's novel, um, written by L. Frank Baum, uh, which has sold over a million copies. 
And this movie gained a lot of national TV exposure. Uh, the movie is said to have been seen by more people than any other. And of course, it has become one of the best loved classic family movies of all time. And in a People magazine poll, it was chosen as the favorite movie of the 20th century, not a surprise, and is still the film for which Judy Garland is best remembered. Um, its signature song, Over the Rainbow, which we all love, um, was almost cut from the film as being too sophisticated for the young Garland, um, who won an Oscar for Best Song. Um, and it has been voted the great, greatest movie song of all time by AFI. Um, she was only 16 at the time and won an uh, Oscar for the performance. Um, and it was her only Academy Award. Um, this film also ranks at number two on AFI's list of greatest musicals of all time after Singing in the Rain, of course. <laughs> and um, it's, I think that a lot of it from, you know, seeing the original um, book adaptation until now, seeing all of the different adaptations and interpretations has really just expanded the you know, thought process and the inspiration behind this very revolutionary fantasy film. Um, it took ultimately five directors to bring the story to screen. And um, there's just a whole bunch of, you know, um, making some like test scenes and then having directors removed. Um, but, uh, you know, and then going with the the casting and, and all of those different things. Uh, Judy Garland, uh, you know, um, ultimately was cast, but you know, um, there were other contenders, including Shirley Temple, which I completely forgot about. Um, and so this film, I feel like they they just did what they had to do and mixing, you know, sepia tinted footage um, into what was mainly a Technicolor movie. Um, they hit a lot of revolutionary points in time. I feel like being the pioneer um, film in terms of, I think, definitely widely musicals across the board. Um, so they actually had um, the production cost of the film, the budget, um, $2,777,000. And on its initial release in America, um, it only earned $3 million. Um, but the returns on the rest of the world were good because uh, it's a classic and um, once it was shown internationally, that helped bridge the gap as well. So if you have not watched The Wizard of Oz, go watch it. Next, watch it. beloved Casablanca. Um, this is also uh, on a streaming service. You can watch this on HBO Max. Um, it came out in 42 and is definitely one of the most um, renowned romance war films. Um, so it goes like this. Rick Blaine, who owns a nightclub in Casablanca, discovers his old flame <laughs> and is um, uh, who is in town, um, Ilsa, who is in town with her husband, Victor. Um, and so Laszlo is a famed rebel and with Germans on his tail, she knows Rick can help them get out of the country. Uh, this, my gosh, the awards that these people have won is actually amazing. This also has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes 86% with the Google users don't know what's going on. But <laughs> Google um, said, um, yeah, we have other thoughts. They said, listen, know. if it's high on Rotten Tomatoes, it's going to be low on uh, Google. Yeah. And then vice versa. Like, what? I don't understand. Right. I don't know right. the audiences, the critics who, I don't know. But and it's a very, you know, very popular film. 
Um, I think this is like one of the first films that they make you watch as like a film major or if you're in film school right. um, in our film history class, just like with the lights turned off, watching all of these black and white movies, <laughs> um, especially from the golden age um, of Hollywood. Um, so yeah, it consistently ranks uh, at the top or near the top of everybody's list of greatest films. Um, so, you know, very um, cult performances, you know, very drawn out characters and unforgettable quotes during this time. And um, it didn't get as much recognition um, after the premiere, but until the general release in 43, because it premiered in 42. Um, so uh, it, that was because the Roosevelt Churchill Summit was actually scheduled to be held in real life Casablanca. So that kind of helped urge it. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, um, good timing because it set it into Oscar success, of course, and it receive eight Academy Award nominations, won three for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, and a huge honor in 89, the film was selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Reg uh, Registry, being deemed as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And in AFI, um, its list of greatest movies, it is currently ranked at number three. So um, that is a Casablanca. I feel like... <laughs> every film <laughs> left they're walking out like, at the end <laughs> right um, and just, Robert walks out with the guy the most quoted <laughs> hollywood film like yeah it just you know i i don't know i feel like everybody just kind of keeps this one in their their back pocket i feel like they should my dad hates that movie really I always, he hates oh. it he's like oh casablanca <laughs> <laughs> he, he hates casablanca so much but he likes Humphrey no. Bogart. He just does not like that movie. He's like, mm, yeah. What, like, what about it is unappealing? I feel like the story to him okay. is unappealing to where it's like, okay, you know, it's been done. Or I believe that he prefers mm -hmm. a story that's like Casablanca, but just mm -hmm. the way they did it differently. I think it's just so hilarious because it's like, it's supposed to be iconic. Like everyone loves that, right? And he's like, yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely, I mean, I think I'm on that side because of like <laughs> the patriotism, but I <laughs> yeah. think that it's still fresh. I mean, people, you know, like it for the crisp, you know, black and white cinematography and the, that allure that it adds in like the themes, you know, love, duty, honor, romance, and having like very inspirational music yeah. and strong dialogue I, I think it was good acting in a high quality cast I do feel like I mean we've done so many films similar to it by now right. mm -hmm. um and you know I, I definitely think that especially in during the time that it was in having you know the the patriotism and the duty honor you know all those themes you can have that because I feel like you have those themes in um and a fair to remember, which my sister yeah. loves, but I don't even like that movie that much. Like I love Sleepers in Seattle. And she's like, it's just in a fair to remember, but updated. I'm like, I know, I've seen it in a fair to remember, but it's not yeah. much you know. But yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I guess the you know different movies are claimed as movie masterpieces, and you know, yeah, have a great reputation for the general consensus. Then you have to look at like who made it popular at the time, you know, the audience and. Things yeah. of that sort and like, you know, it, the demographic of people who like it, don't like it and things of that sort definitely plays into like the themes of the, the film and, and things of that sort. So mm -hmm. um, definitely, you know, a product of its time, you know, World War Two. So definitely, yeah. definitely uh, watch it if you feel led. Um, the last one also on HBO Max, A Streetcar Named Desire. In college, we actually did this, um, did uh, basically a small 
a shorter version of this in um, one of our classes. I was um, I wasn't cast in this one, but we actually did this one, and it was it was hilarious because mm-hmm. Stella. <laughs> it's like so funny it was like hilarious in rehearsals but this oh. this film um came out in 51 also has a 98 percent on rotten tomatoes jeez 85 percent of google users like uh like this movie based on the play by tennessee williams because it's also based on something another adaptation um this renowned drama follows the life of the troubled former school teacher blanche dubois as she leaves small town mississippi and moves in with her sister stella and her husband <laughs> stanley in new orleans and Blanche's flirtatious um, Southern Belle presence causes problems for Stella and Stanley, who already have a volatile relationship, leading to even greater conflict in the Kowalski household. So this film um, is definitely a classic um, starring Marlon Brando, which is just like Judy Garland. I feel like a lot of people... Just when you think of a person, you think of, you know, one of these performances that they like just yeah, did and the molecules are different though, like on the waterfront, like yeah, the godfather Marlon Brando is yeah, he's excellent. Yeah, he's great. Um and it they said the original play was edited to avoid controversy um but you know his power, his performance um you know marlin it it was very powerful and they still hit you know controversial topics um you know trigger warning talking about you know lust rape homosexuality and mm-hmm. different topics that weren't explored during that time as much um and because you know like I said, this premiered in 51. So it it made immediate success, though, and is still regarded as a cinematic masterpiece. And um, it was nominated for 12 Academy Awards and won four Oscars, including Best Actress for Vivian, Vivian Leigh. That was her second Best Actress Award, Best Supporting Oscars um, to Kim Hunter and Carl uh, Malden. And it was the first time that both supporting acting categories were won by the same film. So um, in 99, the movie was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation and the U.S. National Film Registry as well. And it is currently ranked at number 47 in AFI's 100 Years 100 Movies listing. So definitely some historic uh, films that during this time um, and uh elia kazan if i pronounce that elia elia kazan elia Elia kazan um directed um the broadway production with the then unknown marlon (laughs) um he actually (laughs) found the actor's studio so unknown for us there's there's hope for us you know at some point you're unknown and then you're known but like what does unknown mean because i'm known by some people it's very interesting it's okay we won't take it to heart, um, but all of us unknown folks are happy <laughs> that the production won the Pulitzer Prize um, and the New York Drama Critics Circle Award for Best Play. Um, so, yeah, this film, I feel like, you know, the, I don't know, just very much staple. I feel like most of it is um, attributed to the strong performances and, um, you know, the score is really nice. It um, was written by Alex North and it was the first ever jazz oriented film score for dramatic um film and um yeah i, I think it just kind of complements the new orleans setting and i think it i think it's it's beautiful so um those are my picks 
please also go watch that on HBO Max as well. Great, great, great picks. I love all the movies. I kind of want to rewatch some now. <laughs> I love most of it. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next week. We're going to discuss true crime movies. Ooh. Bang, bang. <laughs> These are very unpredictable art. So, follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at ShayButterPop, on Instagram at ShayButterPopCorn, or individually, you can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow me at Tajun Okachuku on Instagram and at Tajun on Twitter. Yeah, all day, all day. All right, see y'all next week. See you next week.